0: Welcome back to Shugly Footy, boys. This is this is a little bit different, eh? No, no parks here today. We're doing a little bit of a solo, boys. I don't mention my name much, so... Tom. <laughs> um, but I'm going to keep this one short and sweet for you, boys, because I don't really want to listen to the sound of my own voice um, for that long. Uh, but we're just going to go through the round that we just had, a cracking Anzac round. What a way to honour our soldiers. A few talking points for each game, but... We're just gonna crack straight into it, boys, because we got a lot of footy to talk about. So the Thursday night game, we had the Bunnies versus the Panthers. Uh, South walk away victorious, twenty to eighteen. Absolute spectacular performance by Latrell Mitchell. Um, just overall, such a big statement game for the Bunnies, even though they were a little bit behind, you know, outside of the last minute. But it takes a lot of resilience in, you know, task crosses for. One of the tries of the season in terms of how big it was. What a clutch play. Uh, Cody Walker, man, just on fire at the moment. Um, but I just want to say, what a statement from South. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to see my game notes, they're all on the Strictly Footy Pod Instagram page. at Strictly Footy Pod, so go hit that up. Um, what a statement for the Rabbitohs. I said people were speculating South may not be contenders, but they shut them right up. Um, Penrith carrying the injury to Liam Martin, maybe, and Fisher-Harris. Maybe put an asterisk over the performance, but they were just off, Penrith. They were off, and whether that's due to South Sydney's game plan or whether that's due to every team just having an off night every once in a while, I mean, I guess we really don't know. But, you know, I, I thought Cleary, this was one of Cleary's poorer games um, from this season. I thought I was a bit quiet. Crichton is, is the real talking point. Just an absolute one-man wrecking machine. Three tries, three goals. I mean, if you want to get technical, if he didn't play, it's twenty nil. You know, the the guy scored eighteen points. It seems like South is just the team that he just wants to tear up every time he every time he plays them. I mean, obviously you got the infamous grand final intercept. Um, you got a couple of intercepts from last year, all on Cody Walker, but um, yeah, he was outstanding. And the, the one, uh, not that you can really knock him, but the one knock. On Crichton, is, is his defense was a little bit of a a disadvantage towards Penrith this game. I thought South looked very likely down that left edge. Now, they do have a lot of attacking weapons down there with um, Host and Tass and Cody Walker. Latrell pops up there. Obviously, Alex Johnson, tri-scoring machine. Got um, uh, that left wing, but I don't know. It's just uh, Crichton's such a hot and cold player for me. You know, one game I'm watching him and I'm like, mate, this guy could start at centre for the Blues. And then the next game, you're like, mate, like, you are so good and I don't know why you're coming up with these types of plays. Like, he'll not pass the toto, oh, he'll just run himself, or he'll come out in the line and let him try. And they're back-to-back break you can't really knock them. But uh, it's just these little players that, as their squad continues to get weaker and weaker, and as they continue to lose more and more players, I feel like, they're going to be more noticeable, but, I mean, crimes are put on next year, so I, <laughs> I guess it's their problem. Um, yeah, as I said, Trillmit's back, back-to-back man of the match performances, Dally M candidate. That's really all i got to say. He's the Dallium candidate um, that everyone was talking about in the off-season. I think he was probably majority of people's picks to win, uh, take that medal home, Um and he's, yeah, he's been outstanding over the last month. Him and Cody Walker hit form at the same time. And I don't think South have really lost. I don't think South have lost the game since. They lost to Melbourne, I think that was it. So I think they're like four on one since the boys have hit form. Yeah, they're cooking at the moment. And my last point was just, no one's doubting how good Penrith are, but consistency just seems to be an issue at the moment. Um, and what I mean by that is, I mean, Pembroke back-to-back premiership winners. We know they're consistent, but... Let's let's go through their draw. Let's go through their draw, and, and then we'll touch on their consistency. So they obviously lost round one to the Brisbane Broncos. Um, and then round two, they beat the Bunnies, right? Okay. Then they lost to Parramatta, which is, they had two one-point losses. So you're probably not too worried. They came out and beat the Bunnies, fine. Then 53 and 44 against the Raiders and Manly. And then a one-point win versus the Knights and a two-point loss versus the Rabbitohs. So they're four and three at the moment. And I feel like when they hit that when they, 53-12, 44-12, back-to-back weeks, everyone was going, here's Penrith, here's Penrith. Like, they're back. Um, they're favourites again, but not necessarily in my eyes because then they come out and really struggle against Newcastle who were probably deserved winners. Three tries to two Penrith, two penalty goals. So, make th- make it that what you want. A one-point win against the Knights who, no Caelan Ponga, who have, they've been battlers, but no Caelan Ponga, Jaden uh, Bailey out, uh, Adam Elliott still out. They had heaps of players out. Sifidi boy still out. So there, there was he's out there. They obviously lost to Para who uh, two and two and six at the moment. Three and three and five, three and five Parramatta at the moment, uh, sitting in thirteenth, and they lost to them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's a clear-cut premiership winner in this comp yet. But I think South definitely put themselves back up into that conversation, and it was just a cracking game, I think, almost the best game of this year so far, um, There's, a, I feel like all the, all the banging games coming on Thursday nights, you know, you've had uh, that South game, obviously the other night, um, we've had the Eels, uh, beating the Panthers for their first win of the year, we've had uh, the Manly versus Para game, the 34-30, we've had the 16-10, the, the 16-12 to open the year, uh, Melbourne versus para so we've had... P- Plenty of good Thursday games, but yeah, this one probably takes a cake for me. Cracking game, a lot to like for both sides. I think Penrith definitely missing an enforcer like Fisher Harris. Getting him back, I mean, they got the Tigers this week, let's be real. That's, they probably don't really need him, um, but getting him back will be huge for them. Lee Martin back, obviously, representative forwards. Getting them back just make them even stronger. So if I'm Penrith, not too concerned. I am a little bit concerned that a crying hat trick made the game close but individual brilliance like that you can't you can't really knock it. Moving on to the Friday night game in Darwin, Parramatta goes down to the Brisbane Broncos 16 to 26. Adam Reynolds with absolute masterclass. Now I think I said on the potty a few weeks ago, if this guy is not playing up to standard, the Broncos aren't in games and he comes out a try, a try assist, six hundred and ninety three kicking meters. Bish bash bosh Easy win, and it wasn't really close for my liking. The Broncos kind of let him back in the end, but it was like what 20 nil, 20 nil at one stage, 20 to 6. Oh, mate, oh, they were all over him, and I just kind of turned the game off. I was like, yeah, no chance. But paying big talking boy, paying Haas has suspended. Um, I think it's just outrageous, to be honest. I think it's just outrageous. Um, what is a hip drop? Like, I mean, me and Jared spoke about it on the potty a few weeks ago, but what is a hip drop? Because I can't believe I'm watching Payne Hearts. Look, RCG missing. That was actually one of my points. RCG being out is a huge blow for Parramatta trying to get their season back on. Uh, yeah, I think it could they could struggle to make the eight. But again, another one of on my notes RCG, RCG getting hurt is a bad look, but that half tackle was never a suspension. Uh, the NRO really needs to sort this hip drop it issue out because we have too many players sideline right now for hit drops, we got uh, we had, we have Ezra Mam, Payne Haas Dale Finucane. um we've had oh, I mean don't even get me started on Felice this, Confuci, but we've had um, just off the top of my head I, can't, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can't really think uh, oh, Isaiah Papaliti got suspended for one um, we've had we just had far too many suspensions to be honest, and I think these two are probably the the weakest yet. I know Jaden Alkenbohr, Mr. Weak, and I can't remember who the last one was, but there's an issue. There's an issue here, and I feel like we really need to get sorted out before it turns into another high-tackle drama uh, like Magic Round a couple years ago when everyone was just going to the bin, and it was just unwatchable footy, to be honest, because you knew every time, you know, even if a hair whipped the sock off, across someone's face and it was a simbin and a penalty. And it was just ruining games. And at the moment I feel like, you know, even that hop good one, that was just not a, it's just not a simbin. It's not even a penalty. But we're just getting way too touchy with these rules and I don't really agree with these crackdowns because it it, it doesn't happen in any other sport. It doesn't happen in any other sport. They kinda of put the notice out there and if it keeps saying the player gets punished. But it's not like they're looking to penalise every single thing that looks like a hip drop. Because Ezra Mams is a one on one tackle. Ezra Mann's one-on-one tackle. What's he supposed to do? Just let them score? And we're going to get into this later because it's another argument. But is he just let to, uh, supposed to let his man go through and score? Uh, yeah, I don't really get it. Um, but yeah, I said, despite the scoreline, looking somewhat close, game was over the first half. Horrendous from the Eels, actually. They just don't look the same. I don't, I don't think Moses and Brown have been able to take control of many footy matches, probably due to not really having a read-money there at uh, number nine. But my last point was to stop Stopped down the Broncos' play style now. Their completion are low. just doesn't matter for them. just doesn't matter for them. I always hear Denon Kemp um, talking about the Broncos' completion, saying, you know, one of these days, they're going to get blown out. They're going to get blown out because they can't complete. They're 7-1. You know, and the one game they lost, it was a close one, scrappy one to the Raiders, which the Raiders get against the top team every single year. Um, I don't think there's anything to worry about for the Broncos, to be honest. obviously. High completions are ideal, but they turn into a super team if they get high completions, right? And they're they're already seven and one. Um, there's there's really not much further they can go. I think Adam Reynolds manages the game so well that when they do make an error, he's just like, okay, boys, this is the, we're we're gonna get through this. We've made a pretty crucial error. Set up our defensive line. We'll get the ball back. We won't make a lot of yardage off the next set, but I'll kick us out of trouble. I'll get us out of trouble, boys. So another impressive performance for the Broncos. I don't think there's much to worry about on their front. Uh, I think Kevy's just doing a great job over there. I think there is a lot to worry about with Para. Um I still don't understand why they bring Hopgood off the bench. Hopefully that changes this week. Um Maddo, I would much prefer him on an edge to Bryce Cartwright. As good as Bryce Cartwright's been. I just you know, you just go for quality with his quality. Right, Bryce Cartwright, he's gonna give you a, a good solid game, but he's not a Matto level player, he's not an origin level player, and you know, Hopgood played forty five minutes the other night. The the, pe- the the signing that people were saying, this bloke, you know, he's going to be the next big thing, he could play for Queensland this year, he's getting 45 minutes off the bench, you know, Brandon hand got more minutes than him, granted he's a hooker, but he's sharing duties with Josh Hodgson, and Bryce Cartwright played 80, it doesn't really make any sense to me, um, I thought dropping Dunster out for Simonson was a little bit odd, uh, given Simonson wasn't great in the opportunity that he got, Um and Russell's just not a winger for me. I think he's more of a centre. His reads, oh man, he's relatively new to first grade. He's played under five games. He's a rookie. His defence will come. He's played three in a row, uh, six in a row games in his career. So um, it'll come. It'll come. Um, but they just got to be patient with him and they can't keep chopping and changing. They've got pick and stick. Hopefully, Dunster's back in and Russell's back in the centres um, this week. Oh, I think that's about it for that game. Moving on to the Bulldogs versus the Sharks. The Sharks get this one 33-20, but it was not pretty at all. It wasn't pretty from the Sharks. I feel like, you know, teams like Parramatta and South have obliterated this Dogs team, and the Sharks, 13-point win. You know, for your 13-plus bettors, you're probably happy about that, but you wouldn't be happy with Craig Fitzgibbon, I tell you that very much. Uh, Will Kennedy, first-half hat-trick, basically put this game to bed. The bloke is in in spectacular form and I just can't believe he's not scoring higher in super coach to be honest nine tries and two tries in seven games oh, he's he's running 158 meters per game the, the the only problem is he's not really a hard running fullback two tackle breaks he doesn't break a ton of tackles uh, he's more of a finesse flash kind of fullback but he's been amazing this year uh he's been really really outstanding the one blunder I want to talk about is that renowned Morata grounding like poor boy. What was he thinking? Uh, what was he thinking? I'm really not sure. Still funny though. Still funny. Uh, so moving on to Nico Hines. Nico Hines, 97, looked edgy in the first half, and then he comes out and does that in the second half. Outstanding. Only done his 93 run meters. Not not really much apart from two tri assists, but still record close to two hundred points with the captain on him, so I right, clear his captain, not really sure what I was thinking. Um the doggies. Really can't say anything bad about them. They're decimated, never say die. Serrano's building been building a really, really nice culture over there, and I think it's really impressive to see the kind of work that he's doing with the dogs. Um Uh I mean, with all the injuries they got, a near identical team to the team they had last year, and they're still putting up fights. Um I think Serrano's been outstanding so far this year. I know people will probably give him knocks because of the wraps that he's got, but, yeah, I think he's been really, really good for the Sharks this year. Uh, Matt Burton playing seven. Look, he played well, but I'm really not sure if he's a seven. Uh, Olapu, Debu, is sooner rather than later. Um, sooner rather than later. Uh, I would love to see him come in this year, but I just don't, I don't know if it's likely. Uh... In my eyes, it's sooner rather than later. But I don't know how likely that is. Maybe it's me being a little bit delusional. But they still got Flanagan. Uh, Avrilov can play in the halves. It's got Josh Reynolds there. I don't know, man. I don't know. I would really love to see him come in. Because I feel like he is going to be there around one next year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think Birdo moving to seven kind of foreshadows. The fact that going to be dropped within the next couple of weeks. Um, and I feel bad for the poor weight, But if I was the Tigers, I'd be going out trying to get him. Go out, try to get him. Give him a year. Give him a change of scenery. See what he could do. Because the Tigers were really going to need a half going into the back end of this year. Uh, and, yeah, as I touched on before, Will Kennedy's on fire, man. On fire. Uh, 11 try contributions in seven games. What more can you say? I mean, the bloke, I don't think he's a superstar fullback. I think he's probably more of a system fullback. But... <coughs> Pardon me, but he's so important to the Sharks, so important to the Sharks, um, just, I think there's a few things the Sharks still need to fix up, uh, their goal line defence has just been pretty poor this year, uh, I think, you know, last year they built a lot of their wins off of their defence, and how solid they were, I mean, me and Jarrod were talking about basically all off-season, just about how... how how resilient they are and how they used to beat teams just by grinding them out of the game and not allowing points in. I feel like, yes, they have got a couple of wins in a row, but I'm really not seeing the Sharkies that I saw last year. I I need that to come back. They're sitting fifth at the moment, uh, plus 44, but they're 4-3. You know, 4-3 and, and they've had a relatively good run. You know, they probably should have been the Canberra Raiders a few weeks back. They probably should have won a few games that they lost. They should have won, won that Warriors game. So if they didn't lo- lose those two games... We're looking at 6-1. So, maybe maybe it's not panic stations. I don't think it's panic stations anyway, but maybe the Sharks are fine and we're just overreacting. Uh, the second Saturday game, Cowboys was the Knights up in North Queensland. The Cowboys come away with this W18-16. We had some cracking games this round. Big win from the Cowboys. Get the season back on track. It wasn't pretty, but two points is two points. You know, I mean, if you've got... The two points, you can't you can't really complain, can you? I mean, that's that's all, all we won this competition. Um, two points after two points after two points after two points. So, you know, if if you can come away with it, then you're happy. But the the um, last two minutes from the Cowboys actually, were the Knights just belting them against our line, they were really resilient. I thought that was really impressive from the Cowboys, and if they can continue to do that, then. You know, hopefully they continue to build towards the 8 I just want to give a little shout out to me and Jared um, Blinder in terms of Ponga being a long term 5-8 option I uh, believe he will play Origin uh, this year But cheap as And has scored very well so far um, I believe he scored close to 60 on the weekend Haven't really checked after updates um, But he did that in 60 minutes So basically a point per minute And, I mean, he scored 72 in round one with, like, one try assist He had, like, 60 in base. Oh, he had a couple of attacking stats in there. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but he was really, really good. Uh, This week, he scored... Where are you, KP? 58. 58, and he's down to 506k, and he'll have a very high break-even, which I can't see because I'm not paying for Supercoach. Um... But definitely think he's a long term option. I've gone from Ken Munster to Dill Brown, even though Munster did score close to 100. I just think they got the buy this week. Then we're going to go into Origin, and not sure how much Munster's going to play, play. I know Dill Brown will be there for rounds 13, 16, and 19. And hopefully he plays in backstop to form. He is international, so there's no chance he gets picked for Origin. So probably the safest bet at the moment. Um, dang, gay guy. Speaking of representative football, 237 metres with 13 tackle breaks, and just an absolute rock in defense. Now, I think Gagai's defensive efforts get lost in the Knights' back five defensive efforts, the edge defense specifically. Um, you know, Marju and Dom Young aren't the strong swingers by any any uh, margin, but Dane Gagai, I think, this is almost career-best form for him, and we've seen him be M center, we've seen him be, you know, the best center in the comp. And he's playing outstanding at the moment. Extending footy. He's putting in a ton of work. I just feel like he's one of those players that looks impossible to tackle. And maybe that's not correct. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. But he just looks outstanding at the moment. Uh, and Bradman Best has too. So shout out to Bradman Best. I think he's had a bit of a bounce back here. It's gone a little bit under the radar. The Knights just, a whole, men been outstanding. Uh, my last point is with the Cowboys. Stop assisting with Jake Granville. Chester and Dunn go on unused. Still with Sudruga and Price waiting in the Reggies. Wasting away in the Reggies, even. Yeah, I'm not sure about this one from Toddy Payton. Uh, I I think he's a good coach. I mean, coach of the year last year. Took the Cowboys to a prelim final in a year. they Everyone thought they were going to get the spoon. Just not sure about Jake Granville. Uh, I understand he's been a long-term servant to the footy club. Very loyal. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure about him starting at 13. I mean, I assume they'll probably do... The same this week. I mean, cotter has been named at thirteen. Spoiler alert! I've looked at the team lists. <laughs> oh, I saw that one. Um, Cot has been named at thirteen this week. They'll probably just switch it around. To be honest, I mean, I just uh, I don't I don't see any utility value in Jake Granville anymore because he's just a nine. I mean, I know he's played fullback, which was outrageous. Um, I oh, just yeah, he he's he for me. Sure, he's a solid backup hooker. But when you've got someone like Tom Chester on the bench who has been so solid for you while Drinkwater's been out, give him the minutes. It's not going to hurt you. I promise you. I promise you. It's not going to hurt you. Just give your young talents some run. Sadrugu and... Sadrugu... Sadrugu, pardon me. And Riley Price. Riley Price was impressive in his debut. And Sadrugu was a gun in trial. So, I just feel like... I feel like something's going to miss here for Todd Payton, but hey, who am I to judge his decisions? I'm not an error coach, he is. And they got the win, so that's really all that matters, and hopefully the Cowboys can build off that. Speaking of a uh, gutsy win, the Dolphins versus the Titans. What a comeback for the Finns. I mean, most resilient team in the comp, I think, Wayne Bennett, absolute mastermind. I mean, everyone gave this team a chance to win no games for 10 rounds. You knew they were gonna go to win at some point, but it was like How is this team gonna win a game? You know, is a fullback. When we seen him play fullback, he's been very poor. Um, you know, Jermaine Osako's been bouncing around clubs for the last two years. UNA Kim was a back row of the Warriors, Brenko Lee hasn't played first grade in a year and a half. Um Anthony Milford one away half. Sean O'Sullivan back of half, even though he is good. Isaiah Katoa a rookie, never played first grade before. You know, storm players, just system players, and they're all old. JMK, ha ha, ha, he wants to be the best guy in the game. They were ridiculous. They have been ridiculous to start this year, and they've had so many injuries. So you just can't knock them. The fact that they came back from twenty six points down, down, is just next level. Next level from the the Dolphins. And you know, if you want to sit here and hate on the Titans for that, then that's on you. But for me. Personally, that's, that's all Dolphins. That's all Dolphins because you've got to change the momentum in that game somehow, and they went and did it. Isaiah Katoa, brilliant performance, brilliant performance, and he was the one that flipped the game on its head. For once, the hammer really wasn't that good, and the Dolphins still get the win. I think Jared Wallace, outstanding try, try assist. we got it right here. Revenge game, try, try assist. 20 runs for 181 meters, one line break, five offloads, 107 super coach points, 41 minutes off the bench. 41 minutes off the bench. I think the Titans would love him right now. Would love him right now. That's a knock, not a knock on any of the guys that got in their squad right now, but Jared Wallace plays with a ton of heart, and I think the Titans really need a battle um, like him at the moment, clearly. Um, before we get into the Times, we just witnessed one of the greatest comebacks ever by the newest club in NRL history. What a season we have have are having right now, and we are witnessing right now. Even as a Tigers fan, I could say this is one of the better seasons of rugby league. An O's Seven team, as much as people want to crap on them, they're still competitive. They've been competitive against Parramatta, uh, against the Dogs, against the Titans. They've been competitive in a lot of games. The only game they really weren't into a one to twelve point margin was against Broncos. So make of that as you wish, Tigers. Not gonna make it about them. Uh, they did lose to the Titans in round one, so I can't really talk. Um, but the Titans, what happened? You know, how do you drop a twenty-six point lead as a Tigers fan? Even we've never managed. <clears throat> Even we've never managed that. I don't know, man. I don't want to touch too much on the Titans because I feel like their fans are probably still on the mend, anyways. And you know, I get it. I get it because I've done it for seven weeks and twelve years as of this year, so, I, I feel where you're coming from, but, you got to build from here, and I, look, I love Jaden Campbell as a footballer, but Cruz leaving, was instrumental, in the Titans two wins, didn't the Titans have two wins when he was playing, they beat the Dragons, and then they come, came very close to someone else, uh, the Broncos, they look good against the Broncos, now, I know they did lose by a significant margin, in the end, uh, but I thought Cruz Leeming was really good against the Broncos. He had a try, he had 51 metres, he had 17 tackles in, what, under 40 minutes? 33 minutes! I just, I don't know what you do from here if you're the Titans. Maybe you take up two bench spots. Jane Campbell and Cruz Leeming. Maybe Cruz Leeming starts at nine, you bring Chris Randall off the bench since he's a bigger body. I don't know what you do, but I feel like Cruz Leeming has to be there. And I think the Titans have made a few selection mistakes. Not picking players like him. Really impactful players that played well while they on the field for them. And had a winning impact. I don't know. Uh, I think Holbrook Holbrook might be uh, first on the chopping block, maybe. Apart from Anthony Griffin. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Tigers or Seagulls. Now, me and Jared went to this game uh, before he went away. <sighs> Same on... Sorry same old story I mean look he really can't knock the Tigers I mean let's talk about Mealy I know two points is two points but far out they got so lucky with this one Uh, they got so so lucky Jason Saabs if you want to call it match winner in quotation marks since he knocked the ball on and not here so I can say whatever I want um, seals it and that's I mean it's just down to DC versus Brooks isn't it uh yeah, I'm a bit lost for words at the moment. I mean, good win for me. Good gutsy win for Manly. Seventeen errors, lost basically every single stat. This is why I'm like, the tigers aren't necessarily down and out. Manly, the tigers basically won every single stat and still lost. That's been the story all year. So I feel like once they just get you know their little brain snaps sorted. They're gonna be, they're gonna be, they're gonna be a good team. They're gonna be a good footy team. Um, yeah, yeah. Tigers once again, they can, they can march teams through the middle, and but are finally starting to generate some points. Sixteen points. I saw Paul Ken talking about. They can't score, and their attack's shocking. And they, they still score. They scored three tries. That's a, that's about average. And they, they couldn't even do that for the first month of the season. You know, they had that one Bulldogs game, was a bit of an outlier. But they really couldn't score points. And I think we're finally starting to see the Tigers get a bit more of an attacking identity now. I just don't know where you go. I don't know where you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit lost for words. I think their structure uh wrap That wraparound play, actually. That wraparound play they were running, Clemmer um, and Twall in the middle. And Joe actually did a few of them, too. That was that was really helping uh, in splitting the melee defence. Appy would hit the front row. They chuck it back to Appy. He'd go wide. Uh, I think it took a bit of pressure off the halves too because Appy was directing the game more. And the Tigers were better. I really think they look better. And um, I think I think then they'll win it. They'll win a game in the next couple of weeks. Next couple of weeks. I think they have got Dragons in Magic Round. So that's kind of the one I'm marking out in my character uh, calendar. Uh, next point week by week. Things look better for West Tigers. Buller is another one of them. A few errors, but 24 runs for 177 meters is not a bad start. Not a bad start at all. I think he's probably going to have to lock that in for the rest of the year. I do not see Tim Sheen's changing that again. Uh, I think just let him develop. You know, he's a genetic freak. He's got a great height. He's fast. He's strong. He's He can get better under the high ball. I don't think there's been a fullback that's, that's been safe under the high ball you know, for the, for the most recent ones I can remember, Savage, Sloan, you know, these guys haven't been safe under the high ball when they've debuted, they've dropped a few, Jaden Campbell even dropped a few on debut, I'm pretty sure, but it happens, it happens, dropping the ball is a part of the game, you know, you make 8 to 10 errors a game on average, as a team, a couple of them are going to be drop balls, it just happens in footy, I think, I'm glad uh, Bullard didn't put his head down, and he kept trying, um, that in-goal run was outstanding. That's just the heart and the effort that the Tigers really need at the moment. Mate, I'd, I'd 100% keep this kid in for the rest of the year. For the rest of the year, for the rest of the next two years. Build around him. Get him better. Keep moving. Um, final point, Hamoli to Must forage. Impossible to tackle. Too big to run at. Need him in New South Wales. Uh, I think Queensland be dreading him playing. He'd be an insane origin PK. Hey? I mean, we were watching him live, and the Blake's just a beast. He's so big. He's like six foot seven, I think, hundred ten plus kilos. So agile, so good with the ball in his hands. Runs a brilliant hole. Hits hard. I just don't. I don't think there's any better than him. I think he might be the best back, uh, back row in the game right now. He's a scary sight in real life. I will tell you that. Um, but. Good win for Manly. I think Stafford Tire was outstanding for the Tigers too. Try, try assist. 111 metres, 7 tackle breaks. Line break, line break, assist offload, 15 tackles. Got to be there next week uh, or this week, if you want to call it. DCE, try, 2 try assists. That was the difference. Brooks had 0-0. Zero and zero. Not going to knock Brooksy because I think he plays more of a sixteen. I think Wakeham's more of 7 no matter how it's named. Wakeham didn't have any try contributions either. Uh, we actually had one try, isn't and we scored three tries. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Decent enough win for Manly. Glad I don't have to hear uh, Jared sitting here talking about it. Uh, Anzac Day game. Roosters versus Dragons, 27 to 26. Ooh, 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 ooh. This was a ripping game. I mean, it looked over in the first half, and then, on comes Tyrell Sloan and Moses Sully in the second half of Taota and Moga. It comes and tears apart the Roosters on that right edge. I'm sorry, but Fine's gone when Ravalar was back. When Ravalar and Moga fully fit, Fine's out for me. Put Moga on the left, put Ravalar on the right. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Put Lomax back on the right side. I love that combination, and I love that Moses Sully Tata Moga combination. Please, Dragons. I love that Sloan's getting more involved now. He's getting some more confidence behind him. Um, He looked like he really wanted to impact that game. I just want to really take a look, a dive into Matt Fiena's stats this year. He's a promising kid, but I just don't know if he's a winger. Two tries, 100 metres per game, 18.6 points. Pretty disappointing. I mean, 18.6 fantasy points doesn't really mean anything. It's a bit of an indication about how your stats kind of add up and stuff and how much you're kind of impacting the game, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Because some players are just built for fantasy, some aren't. But, yeah, I've been pretty disappointed with him this year. Um, Sub 100 metres, 78 metres, only two tackle breaks, only two tackles. I thought Sloan was immense. Seriously, I thought Sloan was immense. I know I'm talking about the Dragons, like they won. But Ben Hunt, 23 runs, it says here, but just doesn't look interested at the moment. Maybe that's just me thinking he wants out, but he doesn't look interested for me, Ben Hunt. Um, but great effort, great second half effort for the Dragons. I think as soon as Little came on, he really changed the game. Uh, I thought Embi was a little bit slower, dummy half. Jack Bird, outstanding. I thought DeBellum was outstanding. Uh, I thought Jaden Hunt was pretty solid. Josh Kurt just some of the Dolphins. I thought he was pretty solid too. Good performance for the Dragons. Lomax made a few errors, but also thought he was quite good. Um, apparently, he made no errors. So, what do I know? But, for the Roosters, Manu, great. Manu, great. I did down him a little bit at 6, but he played really well. Had a try on 27 meters, 11 tackle breaks. It was impossible to tackle. Really just played his roaming role. Uh, than he normally plays, but did it to perfection. I thought Teddy, this was his best game this season, 236 metres, 7 tackle breaks on 21 runs. The cheese was outstanding, I thought, uh, 120 metres, 7 tackle breaks and a line break. Just outstanding. Luke Keery, a try, try, assist. I thought this was a game where the Roosters really clicked, but they only won by one point. They only won by one point. I think the radley Simbi was a horrendous decision. thought there was a few howlers this weekend, but that was a horrendous decision. It was a head clash, and he's been sent to the bin. Disgusting for the refs. Um, I want to talk about the Luke Keery penalty. Luke Keery was hit, quotation marks, late, they called it. No way in the world was he hit late. Seriously. what? what I don't understand what we are refereeing here. What are we refereeing? Because I think it was Lomax that hit him. Lomax had two hands on him. And the ball was on Luke Keary's boot. Are we serious? What are we watching? And, I, you know, I'm, I'm the number one person to stand up and say I hate how the older generation talks about the game's gone soft, game's gone soft. Oh, back in my day, I wasn't like this. But the game has gone soft. But this is crazy. We're seeing hip drop tackles. But, aside from the hip drop, because I feel like it's talked about every five seconds halves are being so protected, so protected, you can't hit them late on kicks, you can't hit them late on passes, you can't hit them too hard, you can't take them out off a kick, anything, like what are we supposed to do with this now, because Nathan Cleary, Daly Trevor Evans, Mitchell Moses, Luke Keery apparently are also entitled Entitled to do whatever they want on the footy field. And I just think that's wrong. And it sets a precedent now that halves are going to be so protected. I mean, we saw Fogarty the other day, even against the Dragons. Absolute horrendous penalty for no reason. Got caught late for uh, on Jack Bird. It wasn't even late. Jack Bird had a hand on him. And Fogarty was still in the motion of kicking the ball. So, we really got to sort out how protected halves are. Because it's making the game almost unwatchable sometimes. To just watch. You see a half get hit, you're like, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. If you've got the number seven on your back, it's always gonna be a penalty whenever you get hit without the ball. And I mean it sounds pretty obvious it should be a penalty if I say hit without the ball, but on a kick or a pass, your job in the defensive line or the defensive pressure is to ensure they don't have another player at the footy. Is ensure they're not a support player, is to ensure they can't get reinvolved with the play, to ensure that they skew their pass or their kick. Rugby league is about gaining the advantage. and You can't gain the advantage when you can't challenge the kicker or challenge the first receiver or second receiver, or you can't challenge the half, the game manager, the one who controls the pace of the game most of the time. If you can't challenge them, you, you're never going to challenge a contest. You're never going to make it a contest because they're so protected they can just run the game however they want. It's going to be 50-0, 50-blot, 40-blot every single week. Um, so, yeah, that was my little bone to pick. Uh, in that game, I just think we're getting a little bit too soft with the halves at the moment. Um, I really let them off the hook quite easily. Uh, last game of the round, Storm versus the Warriors. Another traditional Anzac Day game. Warriors went up 18-6 early and I texted all my mates. I said, if you're watching this game, the Storm are going to win. Because the Storm had like six sets and the Warriors had like 13 at one point in the first half. And the possession the possession numbers were crazy and you know it looked like the storm were on the back foot, but they're never on the back foot. They're never on the back foot of the storm. They end up winning this one by eight. Refereeing, questionable, very questionable refereeing. Uh Harry Grant, outstanding. Try, try assist, just controls the game. It's like almost Cameron Smith light. Melbourne just keep doing it again and again and again with these Queensland hookers. But I thought Ullum... The best game I've seen him play in a while, for sure. I think Nick Meaney was immense in the second half. I think without him, they don't win this game. Uh, Cameron Munster just everywhere. Don't really need to touch on him. The Storm missed a lot of tackles. The Storm missed a lot of tackles. I think that's something we haven't really touched on this year, but they missed a lot of tackles. Uh, if I look at defense, 34 missed tackles is so un-Melbourne-like. Now, the Warriors did have more granted. Uh, I'm just looking at Christian Welsh, six. Josh King, four. Cam Munster, three. Nick Meany three. You know, they don't they don't look like the biggest missed tackle numbers, but they, they add up. You know, they add up. I thought that Adam Fanua Blake tries, as big as the bloke is, very, very soft. Talking about big blokes, Nelson, I said for Solomon. Fourteen carries for 181 runs, four tackle breaks, a line break, five offloads. In how many minutes? Off the bench? 58. 58 is big minutes for Nelson. And Supercoach players, I've been looking out for him. I've been looking out for him. But really impressed. um, Really, really impressed with Nelson. Tarek Sims doesn't really look like he's understanding what it's like to play in Melbourne at the moment. He looks a little bit lost out there. He really missed that uh, AFB tackle. That was soft. Um, And I don't really think he played a minute since then. So I think Craig Bellamy had enough of him. For the Warriors... I would feel pretty cheated. You know, I would feel pretty cheated. You got players like AFB stepping up huge 20 carries, playing 70 minutes in the middle. Uh, Jackson Ford, outstanding. Adam Pompey, great. Uh, DWZ, I thought, was awesome. Nicole Klogstad was awesome. They lost Tohu early, but, you know, they had players like Josh Curran and Banti Afoa and Tom Arley who came in and did big bits. Did big bits. Um, I think Freddie Lussick's actually been really, really impressive for me. 53 tackles again. There's still a lot to like for the Warriors. Still a lot to like for the Warriors. I think it's Melbourne in Melbourne. If you lose that game, you're not unhappy. Refereeing was pretty poor. Bunker made some pretty poor decisions. Uh, not for me, because I'm the owner of Cam Munster and Nick Meany, so I was cheering. Um, but pretty poor decisions, which decide the game. Decide the game. and Stop the game when Toe Harris is trying to get off, bro. Stop the game. Look, like the poor bloke is walking through the middle of a live play and the trainers are blowing up and fairly so. Referees should start that. Anyway. Great round of footy. Moving on to round nine. I'll quickly run your story, T and let's have that. We're at 40 minutes right now, I've been talking. Jeez. Um Sharks vs. Cowboys, a rematch of the first final last year, I believe. First final last year. Except it's fifth versus fifteenth now. Uh Man, I don't know. I'm just going to quickly run you guys through team list uh, right now. So, no no changes. No changes here. Cotter is named in the start of 13 for the Cowboys. Will that change for kickoff? Probably. Um, yeah, it's Kennedy, Katoa, Ramian, Talakai, Multalo, Moylan, Hines. Oregon Kalfusi gets the start, actually. Blake Braley, Hamon Ueli, Britton in amazing form. Teague Wilton, Cam Kinnis. Um... Way Graham, Jack Williams, Royce Hunt, Tom Hates time. Didn't really expect anything else. Connor Tracy tore it up in Cup though. Outstanding. Uh for the the Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater, Kyle Felt, Val Holmes, Petteriku, Murray Talongi, Tom Dearden, Chad Townsend, Joel McLean, Reese Robson, Cohen Hess, Jack Gajevsky, Jeremiah Nanai, Ruben Cotter, Chester, Granville, Tanoa Brown, Mitch Dunn. Not happy with that side if I'm the Cowboys. Not sure why you've picked Chester and Granville. Again. It's pretty annoying to see Granville there again. I would really love to see a Sudugu or Riley Price get shot in first grade, but it's clear what the Cowboys think is the winning formula. But it won't be this week. I'm going to go Sharks 13-plus. They're going to hit their stride this week, I believe, at Shark Park. Uh, moving on to the first Friday night game, the Eels versus the Knights. Uh, Bailey Simonson and RCG are out this week. I believe Bailey Simonson has been dropped, and Regan Campbell-Gillard's out six to eight weeks with a knee injury. Uh, Clint Gutherson, Mike Acevo, Will Pedersen, Sean Russell, Hayes Dunster is back in, so Sean Russell slides back to the centers. Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses are the halves, William McGreg, and Junior Barlow start up front, so Greg comes in for RCG. Josh Hodgson's named to start at nine. Sean Lane and Ryan Madison in the back row, with Jermaine Hopkins starting at lock. Beautiful stuff from Parramatta, great decision from Brad Arthur. Bryce Cartwright, Brendan Hands, Matt Durie, and Makahesi Mkhitary off the bench. Much better squad for the Paramount Eels. Lucky Miller, Dom Young, Dane Gagai, Bretman Best, Greg Marju, Caelan Ponga back to starting six. Uh, Jackson Hastings at seven. Daniel Saifede, Leo Thompson, start up front. Phoenix Crossland at nine. it's Fitzgibbon, Kurt Mann, Tyson Gamble, Jacob Saifede, Matt Croker, Jack Hamilton off the bench. I really, really, really like that. Leo Thompson's kept that starting spot. I think he's been outstanding this year for the Knights. Big win for Parra. If they win this one, they'll jump the Knights and probably jump up a fair few spots up the ladder. I'm going to take Parramatta at $1.50. I'm going to take them 13-plus, get a big win this week. They'll probably be pretty angry about getting embarrassed by the Broncos. Speaking of the Broncos, Suncorp Stadium, 8 p.m. Friday night. The Broncos take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Corey Oates, Ezra Mann, and Payne Haas are all out for the Broncos. So, Reese Walsh, Jesse Arthur comes in for Corey Oates. Tony Staggs, Hobie Farnworth, Selwyn Cobbo. Jock Madden makes his Broncos debut at 5'8", with Adam Reynolds at halfback. Thomas Flegler, Billy Walters, and Palacia comes in for Payne Haas. Kirk Capel, John Ricky, Pat Carrigan, Corey Peish is on the bench with Corey Jensen, Kobe Hetherington, and Martin Ooh rounding out that forward rotation. For the Bunnies, uh, no outs this week. Latron Mitchell, Alex Johnston, Isaiah Tass, Campbell Graham, Tane Milne, Cody Walker, Ilias, David Totola comes back in. Uh, Damian Cook and Giant Arrow starts again up front with Cheekham and Jacob Host in the back row. Cam Murray at lock. The bench is Jed Cartwright, Davy Miley, Harme and Tom Burgess. I think Saluka provided a little bit unlucky not get a run over Jed Cartwright. I'm going to go the Rabidos and I'm going to go them 1-12. to They're paying a not bad. Next up, we go to GIO Stadium at 3 o'clock on Sunday. The Raiders taking on the Dolphins. Uh, Harley Smith-Shields and Nick Contrick are out for Canberra. So it's Seb Chris, Alba Holopowati, Jared Croker, Matt Timacore, and Jordan Rapana. Jack Whiten, South Sydney's new player. Uh, Jamal Fogarty in the halves. Josh Papali'i and Joseph Tarpani with Zach Wolford at nine. Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead, Corey Horsbrough, Tom Starling, and Gula, Pasami Solo, and Corey Hadawira at nine. For the Dolphins, JJ Collins is out. Don't think he played last week anyway. So it's the Hammer, Sarko, Aitken, Lee, Jennings, Nikorima Katoa, Bromich. JMK Kenny Bromwich staying in front row this week. Kalfusi and Connolly Lemuelu in the back row with Tom Gilbert on the bench uh, at, at thirteen. Sorry, uh, Jared Wallace, Mark Nichols, Raystone, Herman. S A S A start. Uh, sorry, coming off the bench for the Dolphins. This is a rough one. This is a rough one. I think a lot of people are going to pick Canberra, but I'm going go to I'm going to go Dolphins. I'm going go to go the Dolphins this week. I think the Jack White news is really going to mess Canberra around, and I think Dolphins take full advantage of that. Uh, the 5:30 game at Four Pints Park it's mainly taken on the Gold Coast Titans. Brad Parker and Josh Schuster are out Parker with a knee injury. Schuster, mystery, probably a calf again. Tom Turbo is named after coming off of the injury with Jason Saab. Ruben Garrick in the centers with Morgan Harper and Tui Palotu on the other wing. Cooper Johns gets the sixth nod with DC in the halfback. Tanley La Paseka and Jake Chaboyovich are the front rowers with Lock and Croker at nine. Hamoli Olakeatu and Kelma Tuolangi are the second row with Josh Allier at Lock. Carl Lawton comes back onto the bench. Ethan Bullymore, Sean Kebby, and Toph Sipley are rounding it out. Aaron Woods drops to the 18th man. for The Titans, AJ Brimson, Alofiana Pereira. Brian Kelly, Judge of Fafita in the centre with Sami on the wing. That was a change they made in game last week. Kieran Foran, Tanner Boy to the halves, Mo Fodeweka and Tino Farsul Malawi at the front row with Chris Randall on nine. David Fafita, Joe Stimson, Isaac Liu round out the same thirteen. Jaden Campbell, Aaron Clark, Classe Haas and Joe Buna round out the interchange. Four Pints Park. If it was at Gold Coast, I might go a bit closer. I'm going to go mainly thirteen plus. They want to make a bit of a statement here. Panthers versus Tigers at Carrington up in Bathurst. Uh, Tungo is out for the Panthers with a pectoral injury. So, it's Dylan Edwards, Sunia Taruva, Tyrone Peachy, uh, Stephen Crichton in the centres. Uh, Brian Totter on the wing. Jerome Luan at the Cleary in the halves. Liotta and Eisenhuth in the front row. Mitch Kenny at nine. Scott Sorensen, Zach Hosking, Isaiah Yo, ran at the same 13. Sonny Luke, Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu, Jamin Salmon ran at the bench. So... Standard there for the Panthers. Uh, for the Tigers, two outs. Asu Kepa Oa has an illness, and Charlie Staines has a stomach problem, which is sign-line him for 8 to 12 weeks. So, Jorim Buller gets the uh, second week in a row at fullback. David Nofalumon back into the Tigers' side with Junior Tupo on the other wing. Stafford Tire and Brent Naden are in the centers. Brandon Wakem and Luke Brooks are in the halves. Uh, Stefano Utokamanu, David Clemer, signing in the front row, Appy at nine. Isaiah Papali'i, John Bateman for North Bolley, standard for the Tigers. Uh, Jake Simpkin, Joe Offangiawe, and Alex Twall are the forward rotation with Tommy Talia just on the bench. Really not sure why I would have had someone like Sean Bloor, even Dane Laurie after his cup performance. They're on the bench, but that's okay. My heart's saying Tigers. But I'm going to go Penrith 13 plus Upper at Bathurst there. So the second last game of the round at 2 o'clock in New Zealand. The Warriors take on the Roosters. Uh, CNK, Tavanga, and Harris are out. So Tuapiki gets another start at fullback. DWZ and Ed Cossey are the wingers. Marcelo Motoya and Adam Pompey in the centers. Dylan Walker and SJ are the 6 and 7. AFB, Bunty forward start up front. Wade, e- Wade Egan is back. Uh, Jackson Ford, Murata Niokora, and Josh Curran gets that lock start. Freddie Lussi keeps a spot in the side on the bench. Bailey Surinan, Tom Arle, and Billy Army by Leah Round out the Warriors bench for the Roosters. Daniel Tupos out with a hammy injury, which brings Corey Allen in with Tedesco at fullback. Swali'i and Morowski are the centres again with Jackson Barlow on the wing. Joe Manu and Luke Kiri are the halves again with JWH and Lindsay Collins up front. The Cheese is at 9 after looking like he was injured actually. Ignor Butcher and Nat Butcher are the second rows with Victor Radley at 13. Drew Hutchison is the utility for the Roosters with Angus Cry moving to the bench. Satili, Tupanua, and the NRL app is glitching, so I actually can't see who's rounding out their bench. I'm assuming it's probably Matt Lodge, so I'm just going to say Matt Lodge. Um, the last game of the round is the Dragons versus the Bulldogs. For the Dragons, it's going to be Sloan with Moga out, so it's going to be the Finae boys on the wings, Lomax and Sully in the centers, Amon and Hunt in the halves. Uh, I believe that was... If I can see that again, please. Who was that son in the front row? Michael Moller and Blake Laurie in the front row with Moses by at 9. Ben Murdoch-Mistilla, Jack Bird, Jack DeBellin in uh, round out of 13. Jacob Little, Jaden Hunt, Toby Couchman, Josh Kerr on the bench. For the Doggies, Hayes Perham, Declan Casey, Jake Averillo is back. Paul Alamotti in the centres. I know Jake Averillo played last week. Shows how much I know. Uh, Braden Burns on the wing. Josh Reynolds at six. Matt Byrne at seven. That is crazy. Max King and TPJ are the front row with Reed Barney at nine. Corey Biddell, Jacob Preston, second row. Raymond Fatal Marin at 13. Curtis Moran, Jaden Ockerbore, Samuel Hughes, and Ryan Sutton are on the bench. Carl Oluapu in 20th man. I'm going to take the Dragons 1 to 12. I'm going to take the Roosters 1 12. Uh, so that'll do me, boys. Again, thank you for listening to my dribble for 50 minutes. Sorry, Jared couldn't be here. We'll be back as usual on Saturday. Uh, Until then, stay blessed and we'll see you on Saturday. Love you, boys.